Hello? Hi, it's Robert. Do you want to be on the show? Never call me again. Hello, welcome. My name is Robert, and this is Never Call Me Again. My good friend Jeremy Holman lives by the motto, love the life you live. Let's find out what he means by that. Let's give him a call. Hello. Jeremy, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Robert? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. I have a, I have a quick question for you um, before we get too far into this. Um, yeah. Do you like Tim McGraw? Oh, man, I love Tim McGraw. I do too. And, and, and so that's the thing is I, you and I have met and, and we've talked a little bit, we've interacted a little bit, but we, we really don't know each other. We, we, we have some things in common and that's kind of why we're here. And so I didn't know what kind of music you liked or, or what your interests were, um, outside of a few specific things. And so when I, when I reached out to you and said, you know, Hey, I, I would like to do a show together and, and you know, this is why I would like to do the show together. I, I spent some time kind of kind of getting to know you and and getting to know who you are and, and, and what's going on in your life and, and what you've done about it. And, you know, this morning when I knew that, you know, today was going to be the day that I, I was finally going to sit down and talk to you, Tim McGraw came to mind and I thought, you know, there was a there was a song that he did that I really liked. Um <laughs> And and it kind of it kind of got me through a, a rough patch of my life. And and do you know what the song is? Can you guess? Live like you were dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and the reason the reason that I think the the main reason that, that song came to mind this morning was, you know, I'm I'm about to interview a man who is absolutely living that way. Um, you know, and you know. On one on one hand, that's really it says a lot about you. It says um, that you're a man with fortitude. You're a man with a lot of strength and and you know obviously a lot of support and and just a really positive individual. And, and so that's a wonderful thing. On the on the on the other hand, it's it's sad because there's a reason that you're living like you're dying. And and what is that reason? Oh man, ALS and yeah, that dreaded death sentence they give you of two to five years but you know as you well know most of our pals people with ALS don't even make it that long sometimes not even more than 18 months so you're forced to live in that moment and uh I tell you what to me I, I it was a blessing because most of us never get to live in the moment and before you know it you're old and you're dying you know and you don't get to live in that moment so I, I truly feel very blessed, and I wish everybody had the chance to live this way and not think about the future, just think about the moment without the uh, situation that I'm in to think about this moment, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, um, You know, that's the thing is, um, you know, I, I think that most of the world today you know, we, and we talked about this a, a little bit earlier. Um, I think most of the world today has a, has a vague idea 
of what ALS is. And, and so, you know, I think, you know, most people, you know, unless it's familial. And so there's, there's a couple of types of ALS. There's, you know, there's just straight out, Hey, you've got ALS for no particular reason that, that we can determine. Right. And then there's, there's familial ALS, which means it can run in the family. And, and, you know, and so for anybody that's listening that doesn't know, um, a ma- um, ALS, it's commonly called Lou Gehrig's disease. It's a progressive nervous system disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, causes loss of muscle control. Um, and so ALS often begins with muscle twitching and weakness in a limb or slurred speech, which, which I'm, I kind of have. Um, eventually, ALS con- affects control of the muscles needed to move, speak, eat, and breathe. And there's no cure. It's, it's 100% fatal. And so it is absolutely a death sentence. And so, you know, what was... As I've heard, yeah, many people call it the glass coffin. And unfortunately, that's what, that's what it is. They call it the what? The glass coffin, basically. Ah. I mean, you're dead, but you're not. You're just, you're, you're there. You're a vegetable, you know? And, uh, you know, I have so many people tell me, you know, I can't, couldn't think of a worse way to go. And I think about that a lot. It's, it's very true, <laughs> you know, but you can't sit here and, and dwell on that or you'll go just like that. And that's kind of what I've learned. I, I agree. I, um, and so I had not heard that phrase. Um, the, the, the phrase that I've heard a few times and, and, and honestly, I think about quite a bit is ALS is sometimes, you know, called the, the, the disease of losses. And so I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday. I, I actually, and so I, I recorded a show yesterday with somebody and, and a good friend of mine. And, and we talked a little bit about, you know, my life and my situation and where I'm at and kind of what's going on with me. And, you know, one of the things I was telling him was, you know, you, um, for me, it, it started out with, you know, I'm, I'm stumbling and I'm, I'm tripping and, and I'm walking and it feels like my legs are asleep and, and they're just kind of, you know, that rubber bandy spaghetti kind of thing going off my, you know, tripping, dragging my feet. And, um, right. you know, I, um, the thing is, is you with ALS, you will, you will lose one thing. Um, and for me, I, I, so I lose, I've lost the ability to walk, stand, you know, any purposeful movement, um, below the waist. And, um, you know, it, um, it's this disease of losses. And so just about the time you've wrapped your mind around the idea that, you know, um, maybe you're, you're slurring your speech or you've, you've got something going on with your hand or, or, you know, you can't move your hand or you can't walk just about the time you've got your mind wrapped around that something else goes there there's another thing that's lost and it and so it becomes um a little disheartening to to think that you know you're going to you know how am i going to end up how is this going to take me when is this going to take me how quickly is it going to progress how slowly is it going to progress and that can be really overwhelming what was for sure what was um what was um diagnosis like for you how did how did that happen what what tell me about that oh uh, well like everyone i know complete total surprise just 
I, I didn't even know what ALS was. You know, I, of course, I heard of it through the ice bucket challenge, but I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how devastating it was. I think everybody's heard of Lou Gehrig's disease, but you don't really know. And um, honestly, I was very blessed to be diagnosed very early. I have had three back surgeries, and I was, went to my neurologist for just a checkup after my back surgery. And I noticed my hand to my thumb and index finger was just really sunken in, and I was kind of having a problem at work holding bolts and stuff like that. Just something wasn't right there, you know? And I'm twitching all over. What is going on with me? And, you know, so he, I asked him about it. He's like, oh, turn off the light. Let me examine you real quick. Turn off the light, tell the flashlight up to me, and just went up and down my body. And when he turned the lights on, I saw this look in his face, and I'm like, oh, no, that's, that's probably not good, <laughs> you know? But he, of course, didn't say anything. Uh, he set me up with an appointment with KU. And so it was about three months went by before I, they could get me in. So this whole time, I, you know, I'm thinking, what's going on? I see this hand kind of getting worse. Okay, but, you know, something, no, nothing major. And then after they uh, did their test, you know, you know, the one where they stick needles in you and shock the crap out of you. Yeah. Uh, he came right back in the room later and, you know, told me, you have ALS, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, that, you know, the feeling that your heart just sinks. I still don't quite know what it is. I know it's bad, but I don't know what it is. And as he proceeds to tell me what my future holds, and mind you, I'm by myself at this time because I don't think this is nothing major. I'm going to any kind of major test. You know, you just, <laughs> your heart sinks. You're, you just feel it in your gut. You're about to throw up. I mean, my ears started burning, sweat rolling down me, and you're in shock. And you don't know how to really take it. And I honestly wasn't upset at the moment because, like I said, I think I was in shock. And it wasn't until the car ride home that it really hit me, you know, and I just start bawling, you know, and you do the why me thing. And I tell you what, I only did the why me thing for about 10 minutes. And I was like, F this, you know, if I do only have a couple of years, like he says, I'm not, I'm not uh, being a little more bitch about it. So to say, you know, in my mind is what I thought at the time, but Still, for the first three months, I was in a very deep, dark place. It, it was bad. You know, it, it's hopeless. And you think, why does it matter? Well, I don't care. And, you know, I, I'm going to be dead soon. And I, I'm sure you, you just as you probably thought the same. <laughs> I did. You know, um, I, I had a I had a similar experience. And so, you know, I was, I, you know, I was obviously I was having issues with, with walking and standing and my, you know, my foot would periodically drag. And so for me, it started out, um, I was, um, I was standing in the kitchen after work, um, at home talking to my, my girlfriend and, um, standing there having a conversation, you know, legs were, you know, properly spread for, you know, a, a standing stance. And, um, I lost my balance in a really weird way. And, um, you know, and I, I initially thought, well, you know, I am getting kind of old and, you know, and I'm not that old. And, you know, right. and I was, you know, I went from, I was, I was working out four hours a day, working a full-time job and, and incredibly active to, you know, now I'm starting to have these, these weird issues and, and they're unexplainable. 
I went to the doctor, and, and my situation was similar to yours. I went to a doctor, and um, I hadn't been to a doctor in years. And so I, I go to the doctor's office, and um, he's immediately concerned with, with what's going on with me. Um, and, and a little too concerned, you know, for my comfort. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he, um, he kind of starts hinting around that, you know, this could be ALS. And, you know, like you, I, you know, I had a vague understanding. I, you know, I, I knew who Stephen Hawking was, you know, I knew who Lou Gehrig was, but I, you know, I, I didn't know anything above and beyond that. And, um, so, you know, I, I, I did the, the EMGs, the, the nerve conduction study and, and, or, you know, whatever, you know, nerve conduction test, you know, and I right. did all of these things they did. I mean, they did every test under the sun and And they suck (laughs) yeah and you know i remember i i think when i really kind of got that sick to my stomach feeling like you were talking about was the the morning i was diagnosed i went to the doctor's office um you know when i um i went in and everybody just kind of seemed like they were upset and, um, you know, when the doctor, you know, came in and, and told me, you know, what was going on with me, he, um, he seemed, he seemed sad. He seemed, um, he right. seemed, um, really just distraught and, and that was unsettling, you know, and I, 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 you know, I remember leaving there and, and not really being able to identify at the time. I mean, I think it was months later that I, I, kind of went back in my mind and thought about how unsettled the the doctors were. And, and at this point, mm-hmm. I had seen four neurologists and, and like six or seven different doctors. And um, I mean, I'd had full body MRIs um, with and without contrast. I mean, I had done everything. And they were desperately trying to find anything but ALS. Right, right. And um I remember thinking about all of that and thinking, well, it's kind of unprofessional. Why are you so upset? And so then there was another thing. You know, once we once we found out what was going on, my girlfriend reached out to the ALS Association. And so we talked to them and, you know, they, they said, hey, you know, you should come in and meet us and sit down and talk to us and, and we have a support group. And so I, I went and I did that. And I remember prior to you know, going into the support group, um, I was, I was talking to my, I, I think, I think, it, I think the term is caseworker. And so if you go to the ALS association, right. you, you are, are, you are assigned a person and that is a person who really is going to, to help you more than you can ever imagine. Um, and so I was sitting there talking to mine and I remember her saying to me, um, how sorry she was. And, um, she seemed very emotional and I remember being thinking, well, why is this lady so upset? She doesn't know me. She doesn't really have a dog in this fight. Um, why does she care this much? And I, and, and it wasn't until later until things really started breaking down for me physically that I, I realize that this is somebody who has has seen this disease at length, has has seen the the progression, and um, 
how horrifying it can be, how, how debilitating it can be. And, um, the thing is, is I think the doctors and, and our friends and, and people at the ALS association, I think these people really have an understanding and a sense of this is what you're going to go through. This is your life. And, you know, what amazes me about someone like you, um, Considering what you're facing, um, considering what I'm facing, considering what anybody with ALS is facing, um, and you've you've been diagnosed and, and known people and been involved um, long enough to know what the eventualities are. Oh, yeah. But you live in in a way that that's absolutely amazing. And so, a couple of things. Thank you. A couple of things I kind of want to bring up is. Um, and, and we can talk about them in a minute individually. I'd like to, I'd like to talk sure. about both of these things kind of individually and you can pick whichever one you want to start with. Um, team Holman. And in 2018, I think it was, you won the, um, Tom Watson award for courage. Um, yeah. which is a, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, you you pick, you know, I'm going to leave it up to you, which one you want to talk about first, and I would love to hear about them both. Well, I, I got to start with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Team Holman. I mean, uh, God, that it's just an amazing story. I, where I get my strength, really, where it started was Team Holman. They were and still are my support group. And really how Team Holman formed and it was just, see, I was diagnosed August 4th of 16. And I believe my mother started a team Holman with the ALS Association. You know, because they had a walk coming up in October. And it was just kind of, a, hey, let's just do this and get people together and raise some money. Because that's kind of what I wanted to do was start paying it forward to people with ALS that aren't as blessed as myself. You know, I get VA 100% covered benefits, social security and long-term disability for my work. I am blessed. But I start seeing all these other pals, people with ALS that was not blessed, that didn't have all the stuff. So we saw, you know, what the ALS association was doing and what they do for people. And we said, we want to be a part of that. So team Holman was formed. And I guess it was in about one month. We had a, Approximately 150 members, family, friends, coworkers, you know, yada. And uh, we raised, I believe, I don't know the exact numbers, around fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars in a month. Wow! To towards the walk, right? I was just blown away, you know. And then everybody shows up for all these 150 people show up for the walk. There's the ALS Association, so there's thousands of people there, you know. And it's just that's when I kind of started turning a little bit, thinking, okay. Maybe, just maybe, there's a purpose behind this crap storm that I've been thrown into. And it just really took off from there, you know. Next thing you know, I'm I'm throwing out the first pitch of the Royals game for the, you know, ALSA made that happen. Like you said, I've got, I got the Tom Watson Courage Award through the ALSA. But Team Holman really started, uh, what, what I was trying to get to, as you know, we were, I found out we were really good at making money. <laughs> if anything, my mom is a heck 
oh, what, such a wo- great woman, you know, and she really knows how to fundraise. So I thought that's going to be our strength. You know, we can raise money for these charities and pay it forward that away. Uh, so, you know, we've done so many charity or so many events since then. Of course, 2020 slowed us down a little bit. But uh, just a couple of events we've done. We started off with, you know, of course, the Ice Bucket Challenge, which everybody, you know, in the world knows about. And in that challenge, you know, I made this huge monster water slide. Huh. You know, we did pies to the face. I literally took a a Harris billboard tarp. So you can imagine how big that is. And uh, turned it into a huge, that big hill where we're at, turned it into just a huge water slide. You know, we, we put the oils and soap on it. And it was just, people were having a blast. And that, you know, when I saw all these people just having fun and laughing, it really sparked something in me, you know. And it's it really infectious. drove me to keep doing Oh, it is. Oh, yes, it is. You know, if I see people laughing, having fun, crying out of joy, then I do. It's just like everything in life comes full circle. You know, positive or negative, it comes back to you. And that's really how I've chosen to live my life. You know, and that it's called, um, you know, law of attraction. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. But, you know, you know basically... The vibe that you put out to the universe, positive or negative, it's going to come back to you 100% of the time. And that is how I live my life. You know, and I've got 111 tattooed on my hand to remind me about that. So every time I look at my hand, you know, it reminds me whatever vibe you're putting out, you're going to get back. And that's just kind of how I've chosen to live. And Team Holman helps me live that way. And they say, we've, We've come a long way. I think we've raised right right at we're right at ninety seven thousand dollars in the last four years. That's amazing. ALS, other local veterans charities. Now I've got the numbers right here. If you want me to break it down real quick, it's up to you. It um, yeah, why not? Because I don't. This is something I don't normally do. I you know you're not supposed to do a good deed and brag. <laughs> you know that's not what we do. But I've never really put the numbers out there to people. You know exactly. That's a, that's, a, that's the thing is, is if, if, you know, you're, and so you're, you're living, uh, you're living a nightmare and a dream at the same time is kind of how I see it. And so the thing is, is I think, um, I, I think people don't really maybe necessarily understand, um, you know, kind of, um, the financial ruin that ALS can cause, um, you know, the, the amount of emotional stress and turmoil. I, you know, I know, you know, my family is really fortunate. You know, we, we have, we have amazing insurance, um, which is, which has helped a great deal. Um, you know, I'm 50 years old and I, I retired last year because I, I physically couldn't work. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a strain. It's difficult. I've, I've had to be industrious. And so for a while, for, for almost a year, I, um, I turned art and, and so I created all of this art and a lot of which I still have, but I sold a ton of it. And I actually supported myself for an entire year on, on art that I created. And, um, it eventually, it eventually got difficult, and, and, and now I, I don't have, um, I, I'm still able to use my hands. I don't have purposeful movement. And so, you know, for anybody that doesn't really understand what that is, I, I can move them, 
but I can't control them. They, they twitch, right. they shake, they cramp up, they lock up. Um, you know, like you, I'm, I'm starting to get these, these divots in my hands where, you know, the muscle is collapsing in and atrophying. And, and so, um, it can be, it can be painful to try to move them or, or, um, I just don't have the ability to, to draw a straight line or, or, you know, I, I, I will drop things. It just becomes a, a real challenge. Um, that's where I feel lucky is I, I'm, I'm obviously <clears throat> a slow progressor, yeah. which is, you know, very rare. So there I'm, I'm so blessed. I guess that's really what, um, keeps my spirits knowing or thinking anyway, that I'm a slow progressor. Yes, I did get diagnosed early. So that's going to play into the amount of time I've had AOS. Um, where I can still do a lot of things. That's why so many people are just, they're amazed that I have AOS because all the things I do, but they don't see me behind the scenes when it just knocks me on my ass. Right. And I'm down for a couple of days. You know, I, I generally, I don't let people see that. Right. But it, it does, you know, but I am lucky that I can still do most things. You know, I, I can, <laughs> I'm just, like you said, I'm just now starting to really, my hand and my arm is being asleep now for about a month. <laughs> and, you know, people don't see that. They don't know that. But it's very, very weird. And, as you said, very terrifying what's to come next. It is. Well, you know, I'm very weak, you know, a lot. You know, I do a lot of things to amp myself up. And I try to stay pretty extreme, you know, both ways, for the good or to the bad. I, I go all out. I always have been that way. And it's not always worked out for me, but <laughs> that might be why I'm in this situation. But at the same time, I truly believe, you know, if you're going to do something, do it. You know, do it with everything you've got. And that's how I still live. And I will for as long as I can. That's an, that's an amazing way to live. You know, I, um, I'll tell you, I, um, I went through honestly about eight months of just major depression. I mean, I was, um, you know, when I, I was like you. And so when I, when I was diagnosed, I was, I was at the doctor by myself and I I really didn't expect it that day, that moment. And, and so I was diagnosed and I left, I, I, you know, I went in and I actually went and drew a, I went and sketched something. Um, there's a fountain in Kansas city on the plaza that I, I really like. And I, I always just have thought it was so beautiful. And when I was a kid, you know, I would go like a lot of kids and, you know, I'd go hang out by the fountain in the, in the summertime. And when nobody was looking, I was hopping in. And sure. <laughs> so I left the hospital that day and I thought, you know, um, I'm not going to be able to do that. There's going to be a point in time where, I'm physically unable to to go to that fountain and and to enjoy it and and you know participate in so many things in life and um it was overwhelming. And so I went down there I I sat there and I sketched it and and I I thought for a while and I you know the thing is is I knew that this this could be the last time I'm at this fountain on my terms. And so, you know, from there, you know, there was the, there was the, the ride home. And so I, um, I got a hold of my girlfriend and and we rode home together that day and, um, from Kansas city. And, um, 
we were several blocks um, into our trip um, in the car, and um, she asked me, she said, how did, how did it go at the doctor's today? And I told her, I said, um, it didn't go good. And, um, you know, and then I told her, while she's driving down the street, this is, this is where I'm at. This is what's going on. <clears throat> it was, um, it was difficult, you know, it's, um, it's overwhelming, and so for about seven or eight months, I was I was in a fog, and, and there was a lot of depression, a lot of anger, a lot of fear. And um, I remember um, just not being very um, very upbeat, very interested in, in really doing anything. And a friend of mine came to visit me one day. Um, a friend of mine with ALS wanted a piece of my art, and and so we had we had worked it out. Um, he came by to pick up the piece, and um, you know this is a this is a guy who who can move his eyes, his, his head a little bit, um, controls a, a a group three wheelchair with his with his chin, mm-hmm. and um, you know, and it's like ten o'clock in the morning. He comes by, and he's he's a passenger in a in a wheelchair accessible van, completely unable to move, young guy, and. Um, and I'm telling him, you know, just kind of what's going on with me. And, you know, this man's on his way to work. He he um, he goes to work every day. He has a job. And um, when he left that day, I thought, man, you know, um, how dare I, you know, um, look at my life this way and and be willing to to hide out, to give up, to to quit. Um, because a lot of people that are doing the same thing, that are dealing with the same thing I'm dealing with, they're not quitting. You know, they're, whatever it is, in, and that's the thing is, we all know that the eventuality, ALS or not, you know, age, circumstance, life, whatever, there is going to come a time where we can't do all the things that we do today. That's going to change. Exactly. Um, life happens. And, and that's really where I've gotten is that that life happens. Um, Jeremy, do you do you have those numbers ready? We've um we've gotten distracted, sir. Oh man, that's okay. I'm liking where we're going. <laughs> I mean, with with what you said there, um, <clears throat> I'm kind of the same. Where I was in my, I call them black days, dark days, and I read a post from a girl that had ALS, and her name was Jennifer Beckerman. I'm going to put that out there because she's my saving angel. I didn't know her, no, from anything, but her words touched me so much, you know, that she was in a wheelchair and she was definitely way farther along than I was, and about her positivity, her love, just her passion for life, out of nowhere just inspired me. I mean, it's like, you know, if, if this person can do it, why can't I? You know, kind of the same story, you know, so it kind of, that kind of turned me a little bit right there, and it wasn't but maybe a month later. I'm at an ALSA team captain's meeting, and here she comes strolling in. I had no idea that she lived anywhere by me. You know, I was just somebody on the old internet. And when I walked up to her, and I just asked her, can I give you a hug? You know, how weird is that? But I don't know you, but can I hug you? She (laughs) was just so open and so just full of love. It's like, get in here, boy. You know, and I hugged her, and right then and there is when everything changed. 
like a miracle. And I guess, you know, make a long story short, when I started living different and living for the moment and the moment alone, I started seeing other people react to that. And I kept hearing repeatedly, when I'm having a bad day, I just think about you, Jeremy. And if you can do life, well, hell, I've got nothing to bitch about because you're worse off than I am. I heard that constantly. So that there started motivating me to make sure I lived the life I love. Oh, I'm sorry, love the life I live. And all right, this is going to be one of those editing things. Because <laughs> no, I just got thrown way off there. <laughs> that's okay. You know, I um, that's a phrase I've heard you guys use, um, and, yeah. and, and you've used, um, love the life that's I live. what I live by. Yeah, that's definitely the, um, the phrase I live by, is, is to love the life I live. I think and I try to do it momently, daily, weekly. I set tiny goals, you know, and if I can reach those goals, that I'm loving the life I live. And, you know, it rubs off. It's like we're talking about law of attraction. When other people see, and they know it's not fake, because, you know, a lot of things on Facebook, people put their best stuff on there, but they don't, you know, put the bad side. You know, when they see it's genuine, they meet me and they know it's genuine, I see something in their eyes go, aha. And I see them start doing things, you know, and to love the life they live. Now, of course, you can't do it every moment. If you do, you're fake. You know, you got, we got our ups and downs. That's just what it is. But if you can be, and I say this a lot, a lot to myself, if you can be just at least 51% positive, you're more positive than negative. Yeah, And then absolutely. you work on yourself from there, you know. You know, and that's the thing is I, I think that it, it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be ALS. It doesn't have to be anything. There, there are so many things in life that, can can drag you down can affect you can can change your your entire thought process and and it really can be it, it can be easy to get disheartened and and to to feel broken and to feel alone and and to feel like there there's just nowhere to go and you know and i i think you and i at one point in our life um have felt that way i think most people have felt oh, that sure. way sure. um and there's still times I feel that way. I'm not going to lie. You know, whenever you know, I'm laying in bed and, you know, you can't really distract your mind anymore by staying busy, that monster creeps in a lot of times, you know, and you can't help it. It's just, you can't control your thoughts a lot of times. And that monster does creep in and it's scary. It's scary as hell. Or, you know, the nightmares. And I know I have nightmares that you can't control that. And you will see the dark side of things. And if you don't, you're you're not human. Like you're not real. You got to be realistic. <laughs> I I dream but about as long as you can see more than not. You know. I I dream about being in a wheelchair sometimes, and um, and and I I actually have nightmares about it. And so initially, I I didn't dream about being in a wheelchair. I just dreamed. Um, right. You know, there's a there's a phrase that for some reason popped in my mind a little bit ago, and and it's really corny. So you got You got to forgive my corniness. Um, strength in numbers, you know, I, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the very first time that I, I went to the ALS association and, and I attended a, a support group, um, I'm going to be really honest. I was overwhelmed, you know, it was, um, and so I, I went in and at this point I'm, I'm in a wheelchair, but it's a manual wheelchair. So I've, I've still got some pretty good upper body usage and, and, 
you know, and I'm, and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to be in this wheelchair, um, for years and I'm going to be mobile and I'm going to be, and that's not the case. Um, not for me. And so I, you know, the mobility that I had, you know, less than a year ago, that's, that's, that's gone. I'm in a, I'm in a power wheelchair full on. Um, but you know, I was overwhelmed because I'm sitting in the room and, you know, there were, there were people that walked in and looked absolutely fine. Um, and I thought that would be me. (laughs) Wow. And, and then, you know, I find out, well, hold on, they, they can't talk or, or you can hardly understand them. Um, right. And, and I think initially it's really easy to sometimes look at someone um, with any type of disability and, and compare and say, oh, well, you know, your case is different than mine. It's not as bad or mine's not as bad as yours or whatever. And I don't know that that's fair. You know, the thing right. is, is, um, and I kind of, I, I will be very honest and very frank about it. I, I kind of thought, man, I, I wish I could walk like that person and, mm-hmm. and, you know, just, you know, I wish, I wish my progression was going the way theirs was going. And, you know, the thing is, is the reason I started this podcast was I, I have dysarthia and dysphagia. And for anybody that doesn't know what that is, I, um, I have difficult swallowing. There's, you know, tongue atrophy. Um, I, my, my tongue gets fatigued when I talk, um, too much. I have trouble with my diaphragm, with my, my vocal cords, and so speaking can be, it can be a labor. I, um, I was heartbroken when I, you know, and, and so that's the thing is once you know that you have ALS, you, 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 you know, if you're, if you're anything like me, you, as soon as you get the inkling of that, this is what's going on, you're immediately on Google. And so I'm on my phone on Google and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God, and I'm freaking out. And, and so you, you know that all these things are going to happen. You don't know when or how or, or any of that. Um, you know, the thing for me is when, when my, you know, I guess bulbar region, whatever, you know, with my throat and my mouth and everything, when that started being noticeably affected, I freaked out and I thought, man, there's going to be a time where I am not going to look at someone that I care about and say, I love you in my own voice. I'm not going to be able exactly. to say good morning, happy birthday, or I am not and going to not become depressed by that. Right. You know? I was so overwhelmed by it, you know, and, and when this happened, I had just lost the ability to create art, which has kind of carried me this last year. And when I, when I, when that happened, you know, my choice was I can be really depressed and really upset or I can celebrate what I have while I have it. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do a podcast. Um, and so initially, you know, I thought, you know, I'm going to do, I'm going to do a podcast about ALS, but here's the facts. Um, to me, I don't want to talk about it every day. I live it. And even though I live it every day, I don't live it in the sense of, I don't think about it. I, I just, I get up in the morning like everybody else in the world. And I, I, you know, go through the motions of getting up and going about my day and, and I have plans and I have, you know, chores, ideas, whatever it is. I have things that keep me occupied and, and dying is not one of them. Um, right. And so I, you know, but here's the thing, if, and, and so anybody that is listening, I, I actually want to give a plug. Um, do you know, have you ever heard, do you listen to podcasts, Jeremy? 
uh, no, this is my first one. I'm not a very technical guy, unfortunately, which I'm going to have to start being, but. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to, and so I will, when, when this, when I post this for, for the world, I will send you a link so that you can listen to it. And, and someone, someone that is there will, will, will guide you through the process. If you decide, or anybody else for that matter, decides that, that they, they want to hear a podcast about ALS, there is a young lady. Do you know, do you know Lori Carey? I do not. She, um, she's had ALS for, I think she's in her 16th or 17th year. Um, yeah, an amazing, amazing woman. And, um, family is very involved, uh, an amazing support system. Um, she has a podcast called I'm dying to tell you. And, um, Hmm. she, um, she obviously has some, some, some bulber, you know, um, region stuff going on. And so there's, there's some difficulty speaking. Um, and even with that, she's like, you know what, I'm just going to start a podcast and and it's inspiring. And so she's, she's had a few people on that. Um, she has ALS. Some of her guests have had ALS. Um, she, she had one person that sadly has passed since the show. Um, but she has everybody on and, and, and so you don't just have to have this, you have to just, Anything that's going on in life, she's got a place for you, and she's an amazing host, has a great show. You, you should check it out. Anybody and everybody that is curious about ALS and curious about, she reminds me of you. She's like the, she's like the female Jeremy Holman. Um, <laughs> she's really positive and upbeat, and the thing is, is as you listen, as, as you kind of check her out and listen to her story and listen to her episodes, you forget that she's dying. You, um, you are transformed to whatever story she's telling, whoever her guest is. Um, and and that's kind of the thing with you, you know, you and I met at an ALS gala this last year. Yeah. And, um, I remember you walking up and you were just like, Hey, how are you? Super excited, all amped up. And I'm thinking, who is this guy? And, and, (laughs) and so you introduced yourself we started talking and the entire time I'm thinking, this guy's got way too much energy. How is he possibly <laughs> this energetic? How is he, how is he possibly this positive? Um, and you know, at that point, um, I, you know, I was not mentally in a space where I was feeling super positive and, and meeting you that night was was kind of like a high it was like hold on here is a guy and then when you told me and so you kind of told me your story that night um really briefly and you were just like you know hey this is this is how i was diagnosed this is how long this is all of this and i was just like well this guy has survived this long there's hope you know this isn't right on i'm not necessarily going to to go tomorrow i'm gonna go and it's it's you know and and the reality is it it's gonna be ugly um yeah, but it doesn't have to be today, you know. And, exactly. and I, I love the way you put that. That's um, that's the message that 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 I think you give off, and and the message that I've always received from you is, oh yeah, I've got ALS, but it's it's not today. It's that's going to happen later. And here's the thing: is between now and later, there's all of these things that I have to accomplish. You know, I I follow you on Facebook. And you have adventures. I, I, I want to say <laughs> a few months ago, um, 
maybe maybe a few months ago, a year ago. So I'm not great with time frames. Um, it seems like you posted. Um, I think you and your wife. Did you guys go and climb something? Was there something like a water tower or something? There, there was something you guys climbed. You guys are always oh, having these uh, adventures. Well, yeah, I believe. Well, my wife's afraid of heights, so I end up climbing it. It huh. was just, uh, I believe that one's down in Branson. And I pulled up, and it was one of them, you know, lookout towers. Right. Yeah, that, you know, you, you can see out. But this one, was, it's just a weird one because it was just instead of steps, you know, like normal steps. They were damn near straight up steps. And I remember pulling up thinking, I literally exact words was, well, I can't do that. And it took about two seconds. And then I realized, what the hell did I just, did I just say I can't do that? Oh, hell no. So I had to prove to myself that I can do that. You know, and it took a little bit, but I got to the top of that thing. And then, you know, the accomplishments was just more rewarding than anything. But that's, you know, I had to remind myself, you know, you don't take no for an answer from anybody, especially yourself. And a lot, of, you know, a lot of times we can tell ourselves we can't do this, but are you, do you know, have you tried it? You know, and that's kind of how I, I keep living life. And I get a lot of times from my friends and family, oh, you shouldn't do that. That's not going to be good. You're going to hurt yourself. Well, yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm going to hurt after this, but I'm going to do it by God. I, I will do it. And it's like I say, so I do the most extreme things I can do. Like we just came back from Florida last week. And I've always wanted to try the, uh, I believe it's called, it's not called waterboarding because I don't want to get waterboarded, but you know, it's <laughs> where you, you, uh, <laughs> right. actually when I asked the guy and he's like, uh, I don't think you want to get waterboarded, but you know, it's like the jet pack, but it's like you're on a skateboard and, and the name's looting me right now. Yeah. I can't think of it. Wake, like, is, it wakeboarding? is it wakeboarding? No. Uh, no. Oh, jet ski. Gosh, bless. No, it's I, actually, you know, where they, they shoot you out of the water and you're, you know, vertical 15, 20 foot in the air. Oh, I've seen it. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Yeah, I have no I'm idea. I will never part. guess that. I will never guess yeah, that. Yeah, and as soon as we get off, it'll, it'll come to me. But, you know, I was like, I was, you know, also told, well, you're not going to be able to do that. And I didn't think I'd be able to do that either, but I'll be damned. I'm going to give it a try. And, you know, for the first half hour, 45 minutes, I just could not get out of the water. You know, he kind of revs up the motor, and that's what shoots you up like a jet. But because my feet are too weak to stay straight, and they got to stay straight. So that's what I told him. You know, I said, you know what? You just rev this thing up and shoot me out of this water like a rocket. And let's, I have to get up out of this water. And so he did, and it shot me up about 10 feet, you know, and I was able to kind of hold it steady, you know, for about, I'd say, seven, eight, nine seconds. You know, I'm going all over the place. But at that time was the glory and the satisfaction of the extreme, you know, the drilling I felt of being able to still do something, you know? So for that 40 minutes of pain to the 10 seconds of just pure adrenaline and so excited, it's kind of, you know, reminiscent to how I live my life. <laughs> you know, it just, it takes a lot to do things, but in the end it's very rewarding. Yeah, I, I definitely get know that. It takes us a lot longer to do things than most people. I am, um, you know, and, and so I don't get out a lot. And so we, um, I'm in a, I'm, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a power wheelchair. I've got a, it's a Permobile F3. And so it's, it's like a 400 pound wheelchair, um, you know, big motorized thing. And so we, we, you know, we have a, we have a wheelchair van. And so even with that, it is a process 
to to get out to to get in the van get you know all buckled in and and strapped in and and get somewhere park get me out and into something into a building or or something and um but we went to we went to the museum um like last couple weeks but last weekend it was it was heather's birthday and so we went to the museum and they um you know, it's, it's, it's very social distanced and clean and everybody's wearing a mask and it was absolutely amazing, you know, to, to be there and to be out. And, you know, several months ago, you know, a few months ago when it was still warm, we, we went to loose park and, and, you know, it's outside, there's nobody up on you. And so you're safe. And, um, we were there for a couple of hours and, you know, Heather was very attentive, you know, are you okay? Do you need anything? And, and it was just, it was amazing to be out with the sun on my face and, and just feeling independent and free to, to the degree that I can. And I knew, I knew that, and I know every time, the minute that I do something that is outside of my physical norm, I am going to pay for this later. I'm going to hurt. I'm going to be tired. I, I fatigue really quickly, but it's worth it. And that's kind of, you know, and so, you know, we talked about you, you know, you climbing these, you know, these almost vertical stairs. And, and so I, I talked about, you know, when we met that, you know, you come walking up and we're talking and, and, you know, the thing is, is, is ALS affects different people, different ways. It can start, you know, in a hand, it can start in your, in your voice, it can start in your legs. And, and then it, and then it goes, sometimes it goes like wildfire and sometimes it it goes slowly. And, um, you know, the thing is, um, you know, you might be able to walk, um, and people look at that and they think, oh, well, you know, at least you can still walk. Well, they don't understand, um, the amount of energy that takes, um, how quickly that energy gets depleted. And so the fact that, you know, I know that muscle fatigue, um, of every sort, whether it's in your mouth, your hands, your legs, whatever, that muscle fatigue is, can be really, really rapid, really overwhelming, really debilitating. And the fact that you're still doing things, the fact that you're like, Hey, you know what? I can, I'm, I absolutely can do this and I'm going to, because I can. And, and while I can right. still do something, I'm absolutely going to do it. And that's one of the things that you and another friend of ours has, has always kind of impressed on me, not necessarily with your words, but with your actions. You know, we have a friend, you know, that we were talking about earlier, he goes to work every day. And here you are, you have these adventures and, and Team Holman, and you are just an incredibly active guy. And you know, that, that's encouraging. It's so encouraging to know that even though I'm disabled, I, I, I have these things going on. I have these limitations. I'm not dead. It's not over. Exactly. Um, that's where you got to live in the moment. Yeah. You Enjoy have to be, you have to be willing to reinvent yourself and say, okay, um, yeah, it's the disease of losses. It's, it's the glass, it was a glass coffin. Yes. Okay. And, 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 and you so know, the funny thing is that I, uh, before this diagnosis, I was one of the more negative people that you would ever admit. I seemed to always go negative first. Just I find that hard to believe. I, was. I know, right? It is funny that it took a diagnosis like this to completely do a 180 on me. <laughs> and I, mean, I was always full of energy and all that, but I always, for some reason, went negative before I went positive. 
and I still do sometimes just for a brief moment, but yeah, it's very, it's, it's very weird. <laughs> yeah. I, I say, I've been blessed with this opportunity in life to do what I'm doing, to live in the moment, to inspire others. Man, there's no feeling like the feeling of seeing somebody be inspired by something you're doing. And, you know, it's, a, it's addictive. It really, really is. It is. But and at the same time, we were talking about this, it's kind of a little bit back, but I feel guilty a lot of times because of our pals, people with ALS. You know, I know how they look at me and go, well, that's not fair. He can still do all this, and I can't. And I've seen it a lot. I've even been told it a few times by other pals, and I get it. I would probably be the same way. And, and so sometimes it, it's hard. I feel bad because I can do these things that other people can't. And, you know, I, I, it's a dilemma I have on well, how much do I put out there? Because I know a lot of people enjoy seeing me do this. But then there's a lot of people that I don't want to use the word jealous. But it, it is because they can't do it anymore. And that, that tugs at my heart. So that's a battle I face a lot of the times. It really is. But, you know, I've got to do me and just keep doing my thing and not worry what other people think, good or bad. Exactly. I, you know, and I, 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 th- I think it's, I think it's really normal to, to look at a situation and say, you know, things are really rough. Things are, are just going down, downhill so quickly. And, but here's this person who's in a very similar or exact situation and, and maybe they're not as far along as I am and, I think it's easy to to be jealous, and I, I think what it what it really, honestly, probably is 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 it's disheartening. You know, it's reminiscent. You're able to look sure. at someone and say, "God, I remember when I could do that." And right, it, the and thing a lot is, of is times it's people that was diagnosed after me, right, that are worse than me on, and that's that tugs at my heart. You know, it's really hard on me. It, it is to see these people, uh, friends, and some that were diagnosed after me are already gone now. You know, they lost the battle within 18 months, you know, and that can scare the bejesus out of you. But at the same time, it can motivate you or, motiv- you know, to live in that moment and not let anything get away from you because the moments are short and they will be over before you know it. I think the, I think the thing to, to remember and, and think about, and if you're Jeremy Holman, is that not only are are you living for you, you're, you're living for the rest of us. You're li- you're living for those of us who have passed. You're living of, for those of us who were diagnosed before you, after you. Um, you know, um, you're living a life that a lot of us are unable to live, and and that's okay. There's there's absolutely it's like this survivor's guilt, and it's absolutely okay that you do that. And what really makes it so special and so okay is that you truly are living for the rest of us you are you are out there you are you are spreading the word and knowledge and information about who you are what ALS is what it means you're you're raising money you know 90 was it 94 96,000 97,000 right now <laughs> right and so you know you are you're living for the rest of us and so it's it's you know, sure, you know, someone can look at you and say, man, you know, I'm jealous or I'm angry or I'm, you know, I'm upset, I'm distraught, I'm, you know, whatever. And 
I, I think it can be difficult sometimes when you're when you're in a hard situation to to look at someone else and you know not be jealous but but you know be really happy and, and really content knowing that this person who who maybe is in a similar situation is maybe dealing it with it differently or or has a you know has an advantage of some sort whether it be emotionally physically whatever over you um that they're living for you they're they're doing everything right. they can not only to preserve themselves their memory their legacy yours as well and, and that's what i think you guys are doing you know and i and i think that's I appreciate I, that. well i think that's you know obviously that's why you won the tom watson award for courage it's <laughs> it's 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 the entire message of team home and you know love your life love right. the life is it love the life i'm living yeah, love the life you live. Right. And really, with that message, um, it's very simple. And I, I believe this wholeheartedly. In life, we only truly make two kinds of decisions. We either make decisions out of fear, or we make decisions out of love. And it's very, very simple. Love the life you live. And you will be happy. You will be able to do things. Or you can be scared of everything and sit in the shell and perish away. I know, and that's kind of how I do things. I can, if I don't know exactly what I want to do or how I feel about something, I just weigh it in two ways. Do I want to be afraid of this or do I want to love this? You know, and if I'm going to be afraid of it, then I just back away from it because I'm not going to live in fear. You can't. So that's kind of been one of my secrets. And I also believe. You know, stress, when you stress, and I'm sure you feel it, your body just, it just weakens, it collapses, you know, it takes such a toll on us when we stress, especially people with ALS. And that has been, I honestly, I believe one of my secrets is I don't stress. If everybody else wants to stress, that's, that's fine, but I don't do it, you know, and it's really helped me out a lot, I believe, and prolonged my ability to do the things I do. That makes perfect sense. You know, I, um, one of the things, you know, and, and so we talked a lot about depression and being down and being upset and, 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 you know, this taking time for you to really wrap your mind around, I, um, I have found in the last few months that, you know, with, with everything that, 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 you know, me and my family have been through, everything that we have lost, everything that we will lose, um, I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. I'm more fulfilled today than I've awesome. ever been in my life. I, Good um, for you. That is awesome. I am loved. Um, I'm surrounded by positive people. I'm surrounded by people who encourage, you know, whatever insane That's idea I come up huge. with next. Yeah, that um, is huge. I am I am very fortunate and, and it saddens me sometimes to think that somehow I'm more fortunate than someone else. And right. and, and so I kind of get that that idea of you know feeling bad that you know I can do things that someone else can't do and and you know that makes sense. But you know the thing is is um I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, I'm blessed. Um it has been an honor to talk to you, Jeremy. Um, I, you know, I, I really wish we we had done this sooner. Um, <laughs> you know, most of what I what I what I 
learn to what, what we talked about today, honestly, I, I already knew. I, I knew most of it. Or, or, you know, obviously, my listeners didn't. But the thing is, here's the thing for me. This is why this has been so rewarding is I have been able to sit down, have a great conversation with somebody who knows exactly how I feel. Um, and that's an yes, amazing gift, and I, I appreciate that. I appreciate you, Robert. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we met that night. You know, I kind of feel everything happens for a reason. And I only look forward to the adventures that will still present themselves in the future for us. What's next for Team Holman? Well, <laughs> 2020, 2020 crap is really, but you know, we did pull off two fundraisers this year, uh, Jam for ALS here just a couple months ago that we had bands and everything else here down the local park. We have the stage. It was outside. People could social distance. You know, that's kind of a big thing we've got to kind of figure out. But uh, I, you know what? I, I just don't know. <laughs> Something will come up crazy, and I will run with it, and my awesome team will be behind me and doing whatever it takes to make it happen. That is amazing. I, um, You know, I, I wish you the best, the best success. I, I wish you the best um, coming year. I know that you guys will do amazing, amazing things. And um, I want you to know that, um, you know, your community appreciates you. Um, everything that you guys do, everything that you represent, everything that you stand for, um, we Thank appreciate you. you. Um, we, we, we could not do this without you. Jeremy Holman, thank you. I appreciate that so much, brother, and I love what you are doing, and I'm excited for you, and I just hope, and I know you will, just keep loving the life you live, brother, and everything will be all right. <laughs>